The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome. Most of us spend a lifetime trying to decipher the meaning of our lives. We search for it by examining the circumstances of our childhood, the obstacles we face, the hardships we have endured, and the triumphs we've experienced. We look for guidelines and spiritual systems that give us strategy to maneuver through the convulsions of our lives in order to gain an understanding of the greater purpose of it all. We look for a map to provide a way to comprehend our past, guide our future, and allow us an awareness of how we fit into that larger picture. My guest today is Colette Barron-Reed. She's the author of Messages from Spirit and Remembering the Future. She's a popular intuitive counselor, psychic medium, seminar leader, radio personality, speaker, and musical recording artist. She's shared the stage with authors such as Dr. Wayne Dyer, Brian Weiss, John Holland, and Sylvia Brown. And she has just released an amazing new book called The Map. In The Map, you will enter a profound journey as you travel through and explore your own inner landscapes. You'll meet imaginary beings that hold the keys to wisdom hidden in your subconscious. And you'll discover how to tame the mischievous trickster goblin who locks you into old habits. There are many aspects of your psyche that have lessons for you, and each one responds to your directions, for you are in charge of your own map. And my guest will let us know exactly how to navigate that map today. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome Colette Barron-Reed to 1111 Talk Radio. Welcome, Colette. Hey, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Me, I'm sitting amongst boxes. <laughs> I'm, you know, I got to tell you, I'm a cancer, and I do not like having my house upside down. <laughs> you know, it does not do me any good. I have to tell you. <laughs> well, moving is often one of those big uh, mountains that we have in our lives, and it probably shows up on our map in several places, doesn't it? Oh yeah, you betcha. And I've got a tub the size of um, for a midget, so I've, I've got. You know, you know, have you ever seen those tubs that you can get that are really deep? Mm-hmm. Well, they, the house that we bought, that we got, has a tub in it that's really shallow, plus it's really short, and I didn't notice, because I don't have a really good sense of, of, um, I just, I don't have very good depth perception when I see something, I can't really, really tell what it, anyway, it's, it's so I get in it, and I'm like, wait a second, this is like, for like, mini mouse. Wow, wow. Well, I'm really excited to feature you on the show and talk about this amazing book called The Map. And I'd like to find out, did this book derive from your own experiential process, or is this something that just over the course of working with people that you have discovered uh, kind of a similarity of patternings and things that occur in their lives that you wanted to document? Well, I think both. I'll say yes to all those questions because, um, you know, I'm – 
I've been a work in progress. I, I, I think since I got sober in January 2nd, 1986 is when I really think everything became a journey for me that I was conscious of. And uh, so I started doing readings um, two years after that. 1988 was when I started doing readings. And, and early on, I... I, I saw myself as a, as a kind of spiritual cartographer, and I used to try to call myself that, but nobody knew what it meant, so I thought, okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, whatever. <laughs> because cart- cartography is the art of making maps, and I, and I am doing readings for people. I was telling them the story of their lives, and I was seeing a, an evolution of a story, and, and, I, I, and I felt like I was reading a map of their lives, right? So anyhow, um, I kind of dropped that idea and you know, sort of focused on my own recovery and and, and working on myself over the years. But, of course, as time wore on, I had thousands of clients. And, um, you know, and I would start to see that everybody has a particular pattern and, and we all have a tendency of, of, being, of seeing our lives through a myopic lens. We don't really see the continuity or the, or the interconnections between our experiences. So, um, and then over the years as well, too, I, I started reading and up on, you know, Joseph Campbell and Carl Jung were my two favorite uh, you know, they weren't, you know, they were teachings, if you will, one, the hero's journey, and the other, of course, Jungian psychology. And, and, I, and using the idea of imagery and, and the concept of the oracle and how our lives progress and, and the archetype of experience, and then using Joseph Campbell's work as well. So everything kind of came together, and I started thinking about it again. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be interesting to, to use all these visualization techniques that I've used over the years and creating new archetypes and new archetypal personas from fairy tales and from folk tales and bringing it all together and allowing people to take a look at their lives and remind themselves that they have, they can, they can see themselves through a very different lens. In which well, and, and what I found really interesting, um, because it does very much start to illustrate that we have a story and we're each living kind of our own Harry Potter journey, uh, which is kind of magical, which is neat. It's yeah. really neat that there's such magic in our lives if we're willing to see it. And there's also a depth of characters that we can access or that are really playing roles within us and around us to support the story and being pretty amazing. You know, the story piece is what's really key, too. You know, I was, um, Harry Potter was a really good example. You know how everybody jumped on it and it became such a huge seller is because we want to know that narrative. I mean, we identify with the characters in literature. And so the, the things that have affected us, since I was 14, I would say that the Lord of the Rings, was, it was a huge impact on me And you know when I was growing up in school. And the C.S. Lewis books, the Narnia books, and, of course, the Harry Potter series, and then we have Avatar. You know, so so these movies and these books, and, and obviously the Wizard of Oz. All of these things have these archetypal journeys in them, and we identify with them. Star Wars, you know, where the you know good versus evil, and 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 what we how where do we fit in the universe, etc. And so all of these these are magical things, magical stories that use characters to teach us about ourselves. Well, and, you know, we, we use the Bible or different sacred texts and, and recognize those stories as somewhat real and somewhat metaphorical and something that we should identify with. But all of these things, whether it's Star Wars or Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, they're very spiritual in nature, and, and they're meant to be metaphorical guides for us, just as the sacred text would be. And I love that you brought that up about the Bible, because one of the authors that really greatly influenced me when I was... Certainly, you know, I was really journeying into the metaphysical world 
and and reading all kinds of self-help books when I was starting, you know, newly sober in 1986 was Catherine Ponder, and she was a Unity Church minister, and yes. she wrote all these books and used biblical texts to describe and and uh, these beautiful stories out of the Bible to teach us about our relationship to and uh, to the world of form and how the interaction between thought, feelings, beliefs, and, and the world of form is, and, and using all these wonderful, beautiful stories that I grew up, um, you know, reading, both in the, New, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. So I found that the Unity Church um, text that she wrote about, I, I just found it to be so enlightening, um, you know, so enlightening. And, of course, then I, I started reading other, other cultures, uh, you know, things from other cultures, and you recognize them in the Vedas as well and in, um, in all kinds of other sacred texts that have these incredible stories that teach us about ourselves. Well, and I think we're here to give meaning to our lives and meaning to the different things that occur. And we use symbolism and archetypes and metaphor in that way, and there's so much of that that you speak about throughout the map. You know, it's really interesting too. It's it really you need an imagination to 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 read the book. It is not for everyone. If people take it at face value, and then you know, I'm basically telling them that their life is a magical journey, and just you know, use these you know uh, symbols, etc., to describe their lives. You know, there's a lot of some people will look at it and go, "Well, how's that going to help me?" But if you know anything at all about visualization and the power of the imagination and the subconscious, and and you really and you really allow yourself the the um, experience of working the book, because the book should not just be read, it needs to be experienced, so you have exercises. You really go into some deep places where um, that you can really get to much deeper understanding of yourself through these magical places and these magical characters that I've created for you to access. Well, and I think for the listeners, if, if you're not a type of person that is visual or imagines or think you're the, that you're a creative, I would say pick up this book and read it and allow yourself to be open because you will discover some interesting characters and some interesting stories. And whether we're talking about the goblin or whether you're talking about the Valley of Loss or the Twin Sisters, you will find a piece that resonates with you and it will awaken that imagination. It will awaken that creativity and it will awaken something in your own spirit that says, well, wait a minute, maybe this is a map for me. Maybe, you know, who is that goblin within me and who is, where are my twin sisters and where have I discovered the Valley of Loss? Where's that been on my map in my life? So I think regardless of whether you think you have the capability of taking an information like this, open yourself to at least try to experience it so that you have a new perspective on your life. And, you know, I think people need that now because we get so, so um, overwhelmed. And that was the other thing. I wanted to bring some play back, too. There's some, a sense of play and a sense of imagination that we used to have when we were kids. You know, when we read fairy tales and, mm-hmm. and we were, we were, that sense of awe of the magic that's really missing um, in our lives that when our, when our lives, our urban lives become so cynical and, and we're constantly, we're turning on the TV, you can't look. I mean, I think it was yesterday where I looked, I went, I flipped through the news and the different internet channels and by the end of 20 minutes of reading some of the headlines, I wanted to vomit. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, so it was like, where's the beauty and the magic that is inherent in the world today, regardless of what else happens in the world, there is as much beauty and potential and creative potential in this world than there is um, the destructive forces and the results of some of the things that we have done that have not been, um, you know, beneficial for the world. But so we don't we don't get to see those things in the news. That's not part of our, the propaganda. So 
So when people start to read this and start to recognize that these places exist and that not only do they exist within us, but we can find treasure there, no matter what's going on outside of ourselves, we can still say, wow, yeah, my journey is magical. It's an adventure. Um, Every experience I have is valid. It has deeper meaning. Even the things that we think that we want to avoid, if we've tripped, I think I love Joseph Campbell's statement, where you trip or where you stumble, there lies the treasure. Mm. Right? So, so it gives us permission. I think that's the other thing. I wanted people to have permission to recognize the ups and the downs and that the downs are, are part of the journey. And we don't have to suffer over our suffering, but we have to acknowledge that they are an important part of the story too, just as the light is. And we've chosen to come into the dualistic experience that's all of it's equally important well i have always believed that the mistakes are in the miracle then the mistakes are the miracle so yeah uh, definitely (laughs) that's right absolutely i am with colette baron reed today and her remarkable new book the map takes you on an inner vision quest that provides you with a mystical map with as much clarity and insight as spending time in quietude under the stars in nature this book is a magical touchstone that allows you a profound understanding of the deepest forces of your essence you embark on the hero's journey to identify the disowned, denied, or wounded parts of your being and then learn to integrate these aspects into your greater whole. You can connect to Colette Baron reed at colettebaronreed.com. That's C-O-L-E-T-T-E-B-A-R-O-N-R-E-I-D.com. We'll be right back with Colette. Your online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. What I want to be when I grow up by Johnny Mike. Dad, it's John. I got the promotion. We'll call him John Jr. 
You'll speak over 500 million words in your lifetime, but none of them will be as important as the words you use to tell your six-year-old he has cancer. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. The new home for visionary positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Colette Baron reed and she has authored a wonderful new book called The Map. The most important piece of The Map came out of a question that she asked herself. If the hero has a thousand faces, and if he, who represents us, is on this adventure, wouldn't the hero travel through a thousand places? Could those places and environments be symbolic of where we live inside ourselves? What would it be like to turn away from centering on the self from the position of an inner observer and outward to symbolic sites that could tell us stories? Wouldn't it be true that since we've lost our connection to the outside environment, perhaps we might find our way back as we connect to our inner one as a living world we inhabit? I loved that paragraph of of the um, introduction. I just felt like that really took me to where this book was wanting me to go. Well, thank you. I think it's, you know, I um, I was raised by a man who was an environmentalist. And my father was uh, somebody who always told me that the world that we inhabit, the external environment, is um, is one that one day we would forget. He, used to, he talked about solar power, windmill power in the 60s. He was warning about the oil crisis, et cetera. This is years ago, and they laughed at him. <laughs> so... So, you know, I become, you know, I became a very urban girl and then lost touch with nature myself and you know and I and part of this, you know, this idea of like what if if the hero of a thousand faces journeys to a thousand places reminds me too that this book also can help you reconnect to the world you actually inhabit because we walk around as these me bubbles and we don't even see where we inhabit. We don't see the trees, we don't see the grass, we don't see the desert, the sea, the you know, we, we're so caught up in ourselves that we have forgotten that we are in, an intrinsic part of a living planet. That is so, so true. That is so true, and that's why much of our planet's in the shape that it is, is we have really forgotten what's going on around us. I'd like to talk about first what, how people use this book. It's divided into four parts. The first part really explores the question, the answer and the question to where are you. Talk a little bit about that, Colette, why it's important to know where we are. Well, um, I think I start with under, having people understand what it means to ask that question. And where we, re, we inhabit our bodies, we inhabit the chair we're sitting on. Like if I were to say, where am I right now? Or um, I'm sitting in a chair in a room. But I'm inhabiting the environment of my, of my thoughts and my emotions, right? So if I'm having a fight with my husband, which I rarely do, I'll think of something else. If I'm worried about something or afraid of something, I'm living in fear and the, and the inhabit, I'm inhabiting a landscape that looks very different than the one I'm sitting in. But which is primary? So if two of us are sitting in the same room and we're, we're having two very different emotional experiences, 
within us, which is the primary environment? It's not the chair. The primary environment that we inhabit is in our minds, our thoughts, our beliefs that go on all, that, that is this invisible place that we, are, that we inhabit, whether we're conscious of it or not. And that is the place of influence. And so that's the place I tell right away people, where are you? Describe where you are with, with adjectives that may describe an actual environment that is physical. So I could say, like a client of mine today said, you know, I'm, such, I'm, I'm lost in this desert, right? And then I'd say, okay, so let's, let's talk about this desert. You know, she says, I, I'm, so, I'm supposed to be happy. My husband's a doctor, da-da-da. You know, I'm doing all these amazing things, and yet I'm feeling this just parched place within me. So, you know, out, out, to the outside world, she looks phenomenal. To her inside world, she's in a place that has no sustenance for her. So the map, the map really has uh, a foundation of our feelings and thoughts and beliefs as to where it puts us. It's almost our spiritual geology is what this well, map really is. I love really that is. you said that. Our spiritual geology and our spiritual geography. Yes. It is. It's both the geology and the geography, right? So, because it is what are we made of. Oh, you're so smart. <laughs> I have to tell you, I had the best experience when you interviewed me for your magazine, too. I, I hung up the phone going, oh, my God, because I was so tired from the move. I thought, oh, we could have said so many other things. <laughs> well, it was a fabulous interview. And for those of you interested in hearing all of that additional information, which was very powerful, uh, Colette will be featured in the July-August issue of 1111 Magazine. So definitely connect with us so that you can read that amazing interview. Part two of the map really helps us to learn how to navigate and mm-hmm. to recognize the influences of some of the different archetypes and, and, and signals, uh, symbols such as the goblin and the chatterbox. Well, every, I'll tell you a little bit about the chatterbox, of course. You know, when you, when you sit still, I think I, the, the Tibetans or the Buddhists call it the monkey mind, right? So the idea that we have this chattering character in our heads just going, just naming things, labeling things, saying things, talking to itself. Um, have you ever, you know, really tried to just sit still without going through a laundry list in your head or like emptying your mind is a very, very difficult task, especially for Westerners who aren't used to it. <laughs> so, so um, you know, I, I identify the chatterbox as just sort of the ongoing um, white noise that, that I've made of words that we all have. And then I talk about a character called the goblin, which, you know, at, at length, and, and I talk about it at length in this book, I've mentioned it in the first book, Remembering the Future, and I've got videos on it and stuff, but this is the first time that I've really talked about the history of the archetype and where it comes from and where I drew it from, which was from the original one was from the fairy tale Rumpelstiltskin, which basically states in the end about this Miller's daughter meeting a goblin, and bottom line in the end is that if you don't name the goblin, your firstborn will belong to him. And so using that, saying, like, wow, if I don't name my goblin, my firstborn will belong to my goblin, which means everything that I create and do is influenced by this part of me that is wounded. And so I talk that, I say that goblins have birthdays and uh, that every goblin that is born comes out of a wound. He is born out of a wound, or it or she is born out of a wound. And is, the job is of this goblin, of this creature, is to continuously remind you of that wound. Now, what's interesting is the goblin comes from another archetype that was coined by Swiss alchemist, a 16th century Swiss alchemist called Paracelsus, and he's the one that first coined the term sylph 
and the term goblin. Anyway, excuse me, gnome. And the gnome represented uh, a character of an element that protects the unformed. So that's why you have uh, the traditional garden gnomes, the little gnomes, right, uh, that you see in people's gardens, because that's where it came from, from Switzerland, where people would put little gnomes in the gardens to protect what is unformed under the ground. So, Colette, so that people understand this really clearly if they're having trouble following um, it with the imagination, if they are having trouble following it, what you're saying is if someone has uh, an experience when they're young, let's say where they were ignored and they, their voice wasn't heard, exactly. that, that child would then be taken by the shadow part or the goblin or yeah. a, a piece that would be kind of hidden away from us so that we then right. later did not express in that way because the goblin would keep showing up in that way to take us. And until we looked back and recognized not only the child but that the goblin was there, and, and I like how you put in the book that the goblin, who we would normally think is, is something really, really bad, I don't necessarily think it is because you phrase it as this is the one who whisks us away to harrowing landscapes where we have the opportunity to evolve and acquire wisdom. So the goblin actually has a, a purpose that is good for us, but in the process of it, uh, we have to discover that. I love that you are able to completely understand my work and tell it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Because I can go off on tangents because I know the work, but I, but being able to like describe it and explain it back sometimes is harder for me than other people. But yes, and actually the point that I was so lengthily trying to get to was the idea of protection, that the goblin protects what is deformed. The, the gnome protects what is unformed. And so the goblin's job, it has a job, and it's protection. And so the, one of the reasons why we act out of our wound, it's really to protect ourselves. So, you know, because it's trying to create something familiar, sort of like doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So, for example, the abused woman will continuously choose abusers until such time as she, you know, comes to awake to recognize that something in her was lost that she needs to reclaim, like dignity or courage or self-worth. And so... And so this is, and by the way, the goblin is a metaphor. There is no real goblin inside anybody. This is a metaphor for the part of ourselves that is wounded that, that influences us to make choices that confirm and keep reaffirming the old wound. And it's okay to have all of these aspects. I mean, we really are meant to be here to experience ourselves. So just because we have a goblin side or piece that shows up, that's not a bad thing. That's just another piece that we decided to experience within this whole map or journey or tapestry that we call life. Well, we don't choose to have a goblin. I think that's the other thing. I feel that we can inherit a goblin or we can... You know, we don't choose to hurt ourselves. Uh, you know, it's, it doesn't come as a conscious, I will choose this. Um, but I do believe that the, that the choice to, to incarnate, and I would say that that, that that more divine choice of choosing a human form and a human experience to come through and experience, you know, we are going to experience everything from sorrow to joy. But it is really, up, when I so it is okay that we have all these things. Most people recognize that they have various extremes, but they, they realize once they start to identify this, that the goblin is only a very, very small part. And why I say it's really powerful, because it can mimic our own voice. So we may make choices that are hurtful for ourselves based on an earlier wound. We think that that's the greater self choosing this, when in fact it's only a tiny part of ourselves that can mimic our, our voice. And so I, I try to show people how that we are really whole. And I'm going to apologize in advance for phones ringing and dogs barking because 
I am in a little tiny closet because we have electricians downstairs. I'm sitting on the floor in a closet. I'm talking to you on the radio show because my house is filled with handymen and whatever. You've got (laughs) quite the math going on today. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But anyway, so, so it's, yeah, we have to acknowledge that we are complex creatures. All of us are. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the problems with hypocrisy. When you see these people who provide, you know, who are, like you'll notice it in in some of the scandals that you're seeing now in some of the religious orders where there's a lot of real extreme, you know, the presentation of purity and then the extreme extremism of, um, you know, of the dark side coming up. There has to, there is a balance and you are able to acknowledge, by acknowledging that you have this peace within you as a human being, then you, it doesn't have as much power over you at all. You can then you choose. You get the choice restored. My guest today is Colette Baron Reed. She is the best-selling author of Remembering the Future and Messages from Spirit. You can connect with her at colettebaronreed.com and discover now her latest release, The Map: Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life. Do you believe there could be more to life than you come to expect, or are you filled with doubt because you don't know how to begin creating something better? Perhaps you think you're doing everything you can, but the results aren't what you hoped for, or you look around at the problems you see others facing and feel helpless to make their lives less stressful or painful. Do you long for fulfillment, meaning, even magic? The map that beckons with promises of sanctuary, abundance, harmony, and serenity is right in front of you. A quick look at the path that brought you to this point will remind you that the journey is never as predictable or as controllable as you'd like it to be. We'd all like to use a little magic, and we all could, couldn't we? Again, it's Colette Baron-Reed at ColetteBaronReed.com. You can also find that she'll be featured in the 1111 Magazine July-August issue with a wonderful deep conversation going a little further into the map. We'll be right back with Colette. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The results indicate your child has neuroblastoma. There's evidence of metastasis. We need to schedule a bone we'll need to perform a surgery. After you hear your child has cancer, chances are you don't hear anything else. CureSearch.org connects you to the most comprehensive research and advice on childhood cancer and to other families who know exactly what you're going through. CureSearch.org. You're not as alone as you feel. Brought to you by CureSearch and the Ad Council. 
listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll free at 1 866 472 5795. Again, 1 866 472 5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Intuitive counselor Colette Baron Reed is renowned for helping people create the purposeful and authentic lives they desire. In this fascinating book, Colette hands you the magic wand of your own awareness so that you can begin to perceive your life as a wonderful adventure and see yourself as a powerful map maker. Her latest book is called The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Life. And as you go through this book, you'll find out that each of the four parts are very, very integral in helping you to integrate what you need to to move to your next best step. Part one, you'll explore the answer to the question, where are you in in your emotional landscape? in your mental landscape, even in your physical landscape, all of the above. In part two, you'll begin to navigate your map and learn how to recognize the influence of many of the archetypes that show up, anything from the trickster goblin to the chatterbox. And then you'll also discover some of the others, such as the bone collector and the gentle gardener that help to guide you. Part three will become less challenging leg of the journey, and it'll be a take-a-breather moment for the emotion, from the emotionally difficult twists and turns. And then finally, part four allows you to look at how your map interacts with other people and how to apply all that you've learned so that you can begin to forge better relationships, find supportive traveling companions, and bid farewell to those journeys that no longer align with yours. I think it's really a powerful message that you're bringing forward because you're also telling people that they're required to do the work. They have a certain responsibility to themselves to discover what's going on inside of them and on their map. I totally agree. I mean, you know, I think that um, I believe every one of us has the responsibility to mine or to go on an archaeological dig of themselves. And uh, what above the Temple of Delphi, there was a statement that said, know thyself. And I think that is, that is self-knowledge or self-understanding, understanding the nature of who we are as spiritual beings, having human experiences. Um, and it is our responsibility as well to make choices. So, um, and to be responsible for the results of those choices as well. So, so yeah, I, I believe everybody needs to do this work. I do. Colette, in reading the map and doing the work, and there are a lot of different meditations and processes and different things that people will do, how much of this is intuition, how much is awareness, and how much is recognition? Oh, all of the three. <laughs> I don't know about the, I don't know the formula. That sounds like a bath, bath product. <laughs> a little of this, a little recognition, a little awareness, a pinch of intuition. If you, if you like a little bit more awareness, you can add some of that. <laughs> and then you get a really great bath. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's all of it. I mean, you have to be aware. Being aware is first. I think first things first, you need to be aware. And then what is it that you're aware of? Well, you need to be aware of what's internal, what's external, and then what you can't see. And um, intuition is, like intuition, if you follow it, will, prov- will, will send you on one path. If you don't follow it, you'll go on another. So intuition is really a director, and, but it is not the end game. So intuition is a guidance. It's really a guidance uh, compass 
Um, but you know, it's it's all uh, really. I think it's all of those things, and and, uh, and then there's also sleeping. <laughs> there's <a lot> of... <laughs> Absolutely. And what role does perception and filters play in seeing our own map? Can we clearly see what's going on with us, or do we sometimes need assistance in in navigating and, and perceiving the map that we really have in front of us? Um, everything is perception. I think everything is perception. I, I, I think that every single thing that we see is, is we see through the filter and lens of our of our life experience and personalities. We may we may have an aha moment or an epiphany that allows us to see things through a different lens. And I've been I know that you can rewrite the history. You're, you can even see where you've been on a map, and believe that you've experienced certain landscapes, for example. But once you in the now time, once you shift your perspective or perception on what has occurred you actually change where you've been. So that's the other thing I say in, in this, this book. The map that you have actually shifts and evolves, even your past and your history, where you've been, looks different from a different perspective. So everything is, is perspective, perception, and, and also the willingness to be awake. And it's not just the the goblin and the chatterbox that's going on within us. There are also some other archetypes that show up that really beckon us to reclaim what's ours or really guide us to plant new seeds and, and things like that. And, and two of those would be the bone collector and the gentle gardener. Mm-hmm. The bone collector was one of my favorite characters, and... Um, uh, Clarissa Pinkola Estes wrote a book called Women Who Run With the Wolves. It was a huge bestseller. Fabulous, fabulous yeah, one, book. One of my favorite books. And there is, um, there is a story in that book called La Loba, or the, um, bone, the bone Woman. Actually, I don't think it's called The Bone Woman, but it's called La Loba, which is, which is a Hispanic fairy tale about uh, an old woman that you just see out of the corner of your eye, but you're not really quite sure if she's there or not. And she collects the bones of wolves, and when she's collected enough bones, she sings the wolf back to life, and then the wolf turns into a maiden and walks into the sunset. And um, I had heard the tale told to me by another, uh, actually it was a Huichol Indian singer, they're called, or shaman. She was a female shaman. She's passed away now. Her name was Guadalupe. And she told me a similar story. So, so I remembered it, and the point is, is that bones, bones is an archetype, a bone is, represents that which cannot easily be destroyed. And so, so if you can collect the bones that have not been easily destroyed, that you've lost, bones also hold you up, right, the things that support you. Um, if you've lost those things, this again, is a metaphoric statement, um, you can reclaim them. And just like that bone woman did in, that, in La Loba, she sang the bones back to life. So does the bone collector in my book as an archetype. It can provide you back with those things that you think you've lost or you thought were destroyed when you were wounded, like mm-hmm. self-worth and courage, etc. But it will change you, and the point of that is that you will then be responsible to change, and you will be responsible to the life that you have as a result of that change, um, because you have to claim it and you have to be willing. And um, I say that the bone collector is older than you and and is stronger than the goblin, but will not step forward until you ask. Um, the twin sister. Originally, I, I called this character the one who knows. Um, it was it was originally one character that eventually, as I worked with my my intensives, I created two characters to represent the different sides to the same coin. And and so um, the the other sister is called the gentle gardener, which is the part within us that ensures the integrity of our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs, 
um, in the world of form. So it's how we manifest. And, and she, is, she is outside of us, so she is, she is the part in the world that actually shows us what we've chosen, um, whether it be good or bad. She shows us that, like the, the results of our thoughts. Even if they're weeds, she'll plant them. So the bottom line is if we keep thinking resentment, she's going to make sure that resentment takes, takes form. As we start to visualize and imagine these different archetypes in, in doing the exercises and reading through the map, are we seeing our own face in each of these? No. Well, it depends. If you can, I don't know. I didn't. I saw a little Mr. Potato Head for my goblin, and I saw I saw this beautiful old lady. So, so it is. It is us. But very. I've never heard anybody see their own their own face. Usually, they'll see their grandmother or somebody, or Mother Teresa or Mary, Mary, Mother Mary. Usually, I've never heard anybody actually tell me they've seen their own face. But maybe if you did, if that's why you asked me, I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to allow people to understand that, that whatever they see, it's all right. They may see people they know. They may see uh, that, that they seem to identify that archetype with, or they may see themselves, or like you said, they may see people like Mother Teresa. But in the end, what we're recognizing is the essence. That's right. Connecting yeah, to the that's essence. that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And in navigating through the map, you have quite a few different areas that we move through. You have the Sticky Swamp and the Valley of Loss and uh, the Codependent Land and the Barren Desert. Talk a little bit about some of these. Um, okay, so co- so the Sticky Swamp or the Swamp is, is you know, when we say that in our, our own language, oh, I'm swamped. It's a time when we feel so overwhelmed and, and we feel like we're drowning in quicksand, right? And so I say, well, what is a swamp? You know, when we use that language, what does that mean? Well, a swamp is like, if we really look at it, it's really like, um, like the primordial ooze, right? Everything is possible in that swamp. It just hasn't made form. And that's not the time to create form is when you're swamped. So I say, what do you do when you're in a swamp? Well, you want to get out. <laughs> so you want to get dry. What would you do if you were in a real swamp, right? And and knowing that it's filled with protozoa and possibility, but it hasn't, you know, hasn't created the life that you want yet. So so once you identify the swamp, you say, well, what would I do? And it's sticky. Well, I want to get unstuck. So what? then you have action steps. Say, if I find myself here, that's not the time for me to be overworking. That's the time for me to stop. It's the same thing with, you know, stuck in the mud, right? I say when you're stuck in the mud, it's not the time for you to struggle. It's the time for you to stay still Look around, right? So if your feet are stuck in the mud, you wait till they dry off and crack them open, or you start, or you wash them down, right? And you just look around because it means that you're not meant to be moving fast. So, so if these things, because they're natural, if you see yourself in any way in any of these landscapes, you're really in a natural landscape. I, I love the desert because so many people find themselves there. Where they say, "Oh, I'm just in a desert. Nothing's happening." I'll say, "Well, that's the time in your life where." You are meant to be resilient. And what can you learn for creatures and, and flora and fauna that, that come from the desert? Well, a cactus, for example, um, you know, has, you might hurt yourself to get to the water, but boy, will it be worth it. And it has a thick skin, and it's when you develop trust and faith, and you have to conserve. And these, so you know what to do when you recognize, oh, yeah, I know what I would do there. Because we don't know what to do in many landscapes in our real life. We wouldn't know what to do. Most urban people wouldn't have a clue what to do if you put them out in the wilderness. 
My guest today is Colette Baron-Reed, and we are discussing her latest book, The Map, Finding the Magic and Meaning in the Story of Your Landscape. You will discover archetypes such as the goblin, the chatterbox, the bone collector, and the gentle gardener, and you will traverse spiritual topography such as the sticky swamp where substances mixed with unexpected new life and conditions are formed. You'll discover the valley of loss, which is a place that none of us want to journey through, the one of pain and tears and rage and sadness, but in the valley of loss is where we can be broken open to find a greater sense of belonging to the soul. The barren desert is where you might feel exhausted and feel your supply of creativity has dried up, but it's here to teach you to conserve. Each one of these places is here to teach you something, and the codependent land is where you get involved with an addict, an alcoholic, or simply become so enmeshed in other people's lives that you lose a sense of your own independence. As you move through the map and you move through the exercises and processes, you will not only discover the many different aspects of yourself, but you'll be able to rediscover the journey that you have traveled and how you can now take those pieces of the journey and build upon a new map. We'll be right back with Colette Baron-Reed. Connect with her at ColetteBaronReed.com. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. Just what is Skills USA? Skills USA specifically prepares you for the workforce. Skills USA empowers students to connect with a network of people. Skills USA allows students to connect with business and industry, to manage their education, and to really get a feel of the real world. Find out more on the web at skillsusa.org. Experience higher love, an archangelic journey into ascended joy and authentic living. Your hosts, Sri Ram Ka and Kira Ra, will assist you to open your heart, expand your love, and be ever-present with true joy. Your journey with Sri and Kira begins right here on the 7th Wave Network with Higher Love, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. Listening to 
1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Colette Baron-Reed today about her new book called The Map. You can also connect to Colette at ColetteBaronReed.com, also at Hay House Radio, and listen to the Colette Baron-Reed show. And she will be conducting a wonderful five-week course entitled Weight Loss for People Who Feel Too Much through Hay House uh, beginning on April the 5th. And you can find out more about that if you go to HayHouseRadio.com and look under special events. So definitely connect to her, uh, pick up your copy of the map wherever you uh, purchase your books, and also connect to Hay House Radio uh, events section and get enrolled for this course. That sounds wonderful. Colette, what, in terms of time, does a people a person need to understand about the map? I mean, is this... When we look at where we are, there probably is also the question of when am I? Because so many people seem to either focus so much on the past or the mistakes or the this and the that that happened to them that their thoughts and their feelings are really back there. Or they're so anxiety-ridden that they're way in the future. So where exactly are they on the map? Exactly. Well, you have to just ask yourself that. So when you... and and. If you are, in fact, having a difficult time, I always say, where, where am I? And I'm saying, okay, I'm, I'm in this place. When am I? When am I? And if I can't say I'm here right now, I'm still, I'm, I'm responding to something out of a resentment or something that I've had from the past. I, I can t- that's, the fa- that's the fastest way to get back into the now, saying if I'm not now, I'm some when else. And that means I'm not present to what's really going on. I'm seeing through the lens or the perception of another place in time. And, and the whole point of, the, of this is also to get yourself back into now. This is very similar to the um, Eckhart Tolle's uh, work about the power of now. So it's really about bringing yourself back to that powerful moment of being totally present to what's going on at present as opposed to the anticipation of the future or the resentment or nostalgia of the past. And you call that the ghost lands, and, and you also mentioned that that's not a, a place of strong, true emotions. It's really more of a place of obsession where we're trying to yep. artificially revive old emotions. You got it. That's a very powerful statement in this book. Yep. Very, very yep. powerful. But we do that a lot. We get into the romanticism of even our woundings. We we will sit there and really romance that stuff to, to the point where it, it's become another partner in our lives. Yep. Totally. It becomes exactly. It becomes something. It it just it's it's not real. It's it's. I think I've just lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. That's right. And it's what about real, exactly. what about when we try to escape and avoid those ghost lands? Because there's also that fine line that yes, there's some things we need to go back and reconcile, and and but yet we don't. So in a sense, we do need to visit them, but in a sense, we we don't need to live there. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Um, you, absolutely, you don't. I mean, here's the thing: you can you can learn. I mean, you can learn about the future. You can learn about the past. You can understand those things, but you can't. I mean, like, I love the the line that I found. At, um, there's a there's a quote in the book called "The past is a guidepost, not a hitching post." 
<laughs> and the same thing with the future. The future, you can plan, you can, you can create your dream boards, which I do. You envision the life that you want or that you want to inhabit, and then you become that. But you can't live in a place that doesn't exist. Right, you have to still be present to the now and do what you take the action steps to get to where you need to go next. You just can't assume that, and because you lose track of of the. That's why people they they I call them the armchair astronauts. Right, so you know they're on la la land. You know, you know why isn't my life manifesting? Because they're, you know, there's such a disappointment because sure. the dream isn't the same as the now. So. So that's the danger too of of being overly focused on on your dream. But we we can often find ourselves back in the same place that we were. We think we've done all this work. We think we are saying our affirmations. We're doing everything that we can. But then all of a sudden an experience or circumstance or an individual pops into our lives and we're kind of back in the same place that we were. But are we really, are we in the same exact place on the map or have we grown enough that we're just having to maybe, as they say, peel the onion, get to a, a new layer or a new height of that particular mountain? You can also find yourself in, in a valley of echoes at that point where you're actually hearing, you're, you're getting a chance to, to call out the same words to the mountains and they'll come back to you and say, oh, no, that doesn't feel right. You know, so you're invited. Every time you come back to the same place, you're invited to learn it again or to experience it from a different angle. So I always think, too, like the different facets of a diamond. You aren't in the same exact place. You're just repeating something you haven't either become conscious of or you're experiencing a different side of it. I always say get real detached about those things. And I, one of the things I talk about in my readings is, is to recognize the patterns and so that you, once you start to be conscious of them, you can make a choice. So it's like how many times you have to fall in the hole until you realize, like, hey, I can walk around it. <laughs> that would be a, that would, that, that might be an idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It did take you uh, three years to write this book. In oh, yeah. the process of that, what did you discover about yourself or your own map? Painful, painful. I discovered first that I was that I try, I was trying too hard to make people see me as more than just an intuitive. I wanted people to see that I had an. I really had some ego, some wounded stuff that that propelled me to write what looked like a psychology book, my first attempt. And I realized that you know I just had to be to be honor honor what I loved, which was magic and fantasy and. You know, and that I wasn't Carolyn Mace and I wasn't Bruce Lipton, my friends, I was me, and that I had to just be okay with me. And so it was, it, I actually had to humble myself to say, you know what, I've written a book that has no heart in it. It has, it's all the head. It's, I, and, and it's like I proved everybody how well read and educated I was. And then I had to rewrite it from scratch because some of the ideas were there, but the real heart of it, the true passion of what I believe in and what I love was missing. And so I, I didn't really insert it. I literally re- rewrote it. Well, it's a fabulous book. What is it that you desire for the people that read this book? What, is, what was your biggest intention? That they would have an epiphany about themselves and that they could love themselves and their lives better than they had before and that also that they could forgive themselves for things and and whoever else had ever hurt them that they could recognize that they are whole and beautiful and amazing and no matter whatever happened that they could always retrieve what they thought was lost 
Well, I appreciate the work that you're bringing into the world, and I thank you for allowing all of us to have our own version of our Harry Potter story brought to us so that we can now discover the magic in our lives. You can connect to Colette Baron-Reed at her website, ColetteBaronReed.com. Again, um, if you're interested, you can go to HayHouseRadio.com under the special events section and register for a wonderful five-week course beginning April 5th entitled... Uh, weight loss for people who feel too much. And so often that's so much related to uh, what you are feeling emotionally, what's going on in your world that you need to face. And it has a lot of spiritual undertones. So as that course is going on, I think much of the work of the map and many of the archetypes you probably will discover if you allow yourself to read that as well. Connect to the map, finding magic and meaning in the story of your life. And also pick up your copy of 1111 Magazine. Our next issue will be released very soon, and we are featuring Marianne Williamson along with James Malinchak and Byron Katie. There are some powerful interviews in that issue and some amazing stories. And then we will have Colette Baron-Reed in the July-August issue with some other wonderful uh, interviews as well. I'll look forward to talking to you next week. Until, until then, I am Simran Singh, and be well. Thanks. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of Conscious Choice. With 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.